Looking to get out of your own way and make things happen? Do you love inspiration and tips that are based on the science of happiness and well-being? If so, default to yes is for you. New episodes are released every Monday with the occasional bonus episodes with expert guests, each one designed for inspiration to keep us moving in the right direction. Whether you're dealing with obstacles that have been around for a long time or are on a journey of new challenges, know that you are not alone. The Default to Yes podcast is nurse coach and aromatherapist Julie Reynolds on the journey with you, your extraordinary self. We deal in truth and experiment with solutions, training our fascinating brains to cooperate as we show up in the world the way we really want, make the difference we desire without sacrificing our overall well-being. Welcome to the Default to Yes podcast. Today, we're diving into a topic that affects us all, managing hurt feelings. We all experience that emotional pain sometime in our lives. But what does science actually say about how we can effectively deal with these hurt feelings? Stick with me today as we explore the research and discover a framework with three actionable tips to help you navigate all of the emotional complexities of getting your feelings hurt. There are many scenarios where people may experience hurt feelings. So receiving criticism and negative feedback is never fun. Being excluded or overlooked by friends or colleagues, feeling ignored or underappreciated by a partner or a loved one, having trust betrayed by someone who's close to you, being the victim of bullying or harassment, even just feeling misunderstood or misrepresented, feeling rejected or turned down. Maybe it's a job opportunity or a relationship. Sometimes it's just feeling like your opinions or your feelings aren't heard or valued. Some of these same scenarios are major dissatisfiers in the workplace, and we refer to them as workplace drama. And workplace drama can be caused by a variety of factors, including but not limited to gossip, a conflict between coworkers, power struggles, sometimes unclear expectations or communication, just simple personality clashes and stress. And isn't it possible that the same solutions would apply here as well? When I default to yes, it's when I meet everyone and I talk with them, learn about their culture, their likes, their dislikes. And when I leave them, I leave them better than when I found them. That's when I default to yes. Yes. Thank you for that. And What if we approach all of our relationships like that as listeners and learners? Okay, before we delve into the practical tips, let's first take a look at what science has to say about managing hurt feelings. Research has shown that emotions like sadness and anger and disappointment can have a significant impact on our overall well-being and even physical health. That's pretty evident in the way sometimes we describe how we're feeling emotionally by our stomach hurts, our head hurts, we feel exhausted. All of those things are at play when our emotions or hurt feelings are in play as well. So acknowledging and addressing these feelings is essential for overall emotional resilience and growth. Studies have shown that suppressing or ignoring these hurt feelings and pretending like we're stronger than them or pretending like that doesn't bother me, I'm not upset, I don't get angry, that doesn't bother me, people don't bother me, I don't care what they say, 
All of those things can lead to long-term negative consequences. Bottling up emotions can increase stress levels, impair cognitive functioning, and even weakening our immune system. On the other hand, embracing and processing our emotions can lead to personal growth and improved psychological well-being. So what can we do to effectively manage our hurt feelings? We're going to explore a practical framework with three tips that we can use in any situation. While I mentioned workplace drama, we certainly can make an impact there by applying this, but this is going to be a life skill. All right, let's dive into that. The first tip is to validate and accept your feelings. It's crucial to acknowledge that your emotions are valid and understandable. Remember, emotions are natural responses to certain situations, and denying them will only prolong the healing process. Research by Dr. Kristen Neff, a leading expert on self-compassion, has shown that self-compassion plays a pivotal role in accepting our emotions. Treat yourself with kindness and understanding, just like you would treat a close friend. Be your own best friend. This kind of self-compassion helps to create a safe place for your emotions to be acknowledged and validated. So for example, if someone makes a hurtful comment towards you, take a moment to recognize the pain it caused. Allow yourself to feel the emotion without judgment and self-criticism. Doing this is a way that you can start that process of moving forward with a clearer mindset. Remember that not everything that you think is true. So what you think or what you make it mean and what is true could be really far apart. Be open to that. The second tip involves practicing emotional regulation techniques. Once you've acknowledged your hurt feelings, it's important to develop strategies to regulate and manage them effectively. Any of us can handle them ineffectively, and we know then that we just really make things worse. We cause more hurt feelings and more problems. We drive more of a wedge between us and the person that maybe even unintentionally hurt us. One scientifically backed technique is called cognitive reappraisal. This approach, studied by James Gross at Stanford University, involves reframing the way we perceive and interpret the situation that caused the hurt feelings in the first place by consciously challenging negative thoughts and replacing them with more positive and realistic ones. This is the way we change our emotional response. One of my favorite questions in this situation is, what did you make that mean? We can get a long way with just with understanding the situation. When we play back what was said and what did I make it mean? Do the two line up? Is it true? All right, so let's say you receive a criticism at work and, and it deeply hurts you. Instead of dwelling on the negative aspects, try reframing it as opportunity for growth and improvement. What can you learn? What does this make possible? By shifting your perspective, you can turn a potentially hurtful experience into a catalyst for growth. All right, let's get a little more specific on this whole process. So first of all, we recognize negative thoughts. So that's the first step in cognitive appraisal is to become aware of the negative thoughts and interpretations that contributed to our hurt feelings. Now, this could be thoughts like, I'm not good enough, or they intentionally hurt me, or no one here likes me. First. Just recognize the negative thought. Secondly, we're going to question the validity. Once you've identified the negative thought, it's important to question if they're true. Ask yourself if there's any evidence supporting these thoughts or if they might be influenced by assumptions or distorted thinking patterns. 
This step is going to allow you to challenge the negative thoughts and consider alternative perspectives. All right, step three, reframe and generate alternatives. After questioning the negative thoughts, like they intentionally hurt me, they did that on purpose, or no one likes me, you're going to actively reframe that by generating alternative interpretations and perspectives. So look for evidence that contradicts the negative thought and consider different explanations for the situation. For example, instead of assuming that someone intentionally hurt you, consider the possibility that they were having a bad day or misunderstood your intention. I've had this situation and I've learned the importance of pause. Now, I don't do it perfectly all the time. A lot of times in the moment, I will snap off with a judgment on whatever that is. And believe me, I know that it only makes it worse. All right, number four, choose a balanced perspective. So we're going to aim for a perspective by considering both positive and negative aspects of the situation. Acknowledge that the situations are a lot of times complex and there might be multiple factors influencing the outcome. We also want to consider what outcome are we looking for as we try to resolve this. One thing that we can almost know with uncertainty that is that the outcome that we want is just to change the behavior of someone else or get an apology or some proof that we were right. We might find ourselves very frustrated a lot of the time. Going into this, we only can control our response, our thoughts, our emotions. We don't get to control other people and what their response to that is. So that's another thing we need to get clear on is that we have no control over the other party's behavior. We can only decide what we want, what outcome we're going for, and managing our thoughts and emotions around that. By adopting a balanced perspective, you can reduce the intensity of that negative emotion and gain a more realistic understanding of the situation. And the fifth step is rinse and repeat. So we're going to practice these five steps and then we're going to repeat the process. Cognitive appraisal is a skill that involves practice, consistently challenging negative thoughts and actively reframing them whenever you encounter these situations that trigger hurt feelings. That's tough work. But over time, this can become more natural and automatic. And practice, practice, practice is going to enable us to regulate our emotions more effectively. Now, Nobody wants to or feels like doing this work in the moment when you're feeling hurt, but it's important for getting at the truth. It's important if your personal growth is important and if the outcome is important to you. Remember, cognitive appraisal does not mean suppressing or denying your emotions. It involves acknowledging your hurt feelings while consciously working to reframe the thoughts that contribute to the intensity of the emotions that you're feeling. By actively engaging in the practice, you can actually develop a more resilient and adaptive mindset. And this is going to lead to overall emotional well-being. Okay, my friend Kathy is a master at frameworks, and I'm always so impressed by that. So I've been working on this skill. So I've created a framework that is hopefully going to help us remember this on the go. The next time you're in this situation, and again, not talking about just the workplace, anywhere you are, it, this is a life skill. Try the Rethink Framework for Cognitive Repraisal. Now, you may want to grab a pen, and if you're driving, come back to this later. I'll also leave it in the notes for you so that you can easily access it. Okay, Rethink. R is Recognize Our Negative Thoughts. E, 
evaluate the evidence. T, turn the tables. We're going to flip the script on those negative thoughts by turning them into positive or balanced statements. Reframe that situation in a more constructive light. H, harness empathy. Practice empathy towards yourself and others in this situation. Be your own best friend and consider the perspectives and intentions of others at the same time. And try to get at that understanding and compassion. I is illuminate alternatives. Try to expand your thinking by exploring those different angles and potential outcomes. N, navigate with neutrality. You're going to aim for a neutral and balanced perspective and try to see the situation without that emotional bias and foster that objectivity and clarity. And K, keep practicing. Consistency is key in continuously practicing that cognitive reprisal is going to reinforce those positive thinking behaviors. You're going to train your brain to cooperate to get the outcomes that you want. All right, this is the Rethink Framework that's going to hopefully provide a memorable guide for effectively implementing cognitive appraisal in your daily practice. Regardless, if you follow these steps, you can change those thoughts and manage the hurt feelings, cultivate a more positive, adaptive mindset. And it's not going to work perfectly every time, but we can get better at it. All right. So that was that was a really long tip too. So a little recap. Tip one was to validate and accept your feelings. Tip two, practice emotional regulation techniques. We just talked all about that. And our third and final tip revolves around cultivating healthy coping mechanisms. Engaging in activities that promote emotional well-being is always going to help you manage hurt feelings, really any feelings. I'm going to talk about mindfulness again. Research has consistently highlighted the positive impact that mindfulness practices can have on emotional regulation. Mindfulness involves being fully present in the moment without judgment. Now, by practicing mindful meditation or simply just taking a few minutes each day consistently to focus on your breath, you can cultivate a sense of calm and reduce emotional reactivity. Do this just 10 minutes a day for a couple weeks consistently and you will notice the difference. It's almost hard to explain until you experience it. Now, I want to talk about one other element of this, and that's seeking social support. There is an article, a study by Dr. Shelley Gable from the University of California that shows that sharing our emotions with supportive others can have significant benefits for our emotional well-being. Now, I think you probably are with me when I say sometimes it just feels good to talk to somebody who's not involved about it. We're seeking that validation and we're seeking empathy, some understanding to show us that we aren't crazy, right? And sometimes opening up about our hurt feelings can lead to that validation, comfort, and a sense of connection. And that can be really important to get from our social network. But it is only helpful if when we share our hurt feelings, we get supportive responses that can help us process and make sense of our emotions, that can foster that sense of belonging and reduce the feelings of loneliness or isolation in the situation. Now, for example, imagine a scenario when you have a disagreement with a close friend and that left you feeling hurt. Now, instead of keeping it to yourself, you decide to share your feelings with a trusted confidant. They actively listen validate your emotions, and they provide that safe place for you to express yourself. 
in this supportive environment, you can feel heard and understood and comforted and then bring down the intensity of your feelings so that you can better process them. But it's important to note that not all situations or individuals are appropriate to share our hurt feelings. It's essential to assess the context, the trustworthiness, and the emotional capacity of the person that you choose to confide in. Maybe we'd be proactive and make a list of people that we can share with and keep this list small. I am pretty sure that I'm not alone in that in knowing that snapping off in the moment to the nearest friend or colleague can only make it worse, especially if we're talking about the workplace. Sometimes seeking professional support. In the workplace, you might have a professional that can guide you through this kind of thing in your employee assistance department. These are things that I unpack with my coach. This is a person that I pay to listen, to point out my blind spots, to tell me the truth and help me navigate these things in the best way possible. It's a confidential space to process your hurt feelings or really any feelings for that matter, or any obstacles that you're facing that are standing in the way of the outcomes that you desire. Remember the decision to share your hurt feelings ultimately depends on your judgment and the specific circumstances. Choose your confidants wisely. Choose those individuals that will demonstrate empathy and active listening skills and a willingness to support you in your emotional journey. Meaning they not just validate your feelings or tell you that you are right and tell you that how badly you were treated, but to really unpack this. You might even want to choose a friend to share this podcast with or share these principles that we're learning. You might want to have an agreement with a friend to carry around this framework and hold you accountable to it when you bring these things and then maybe you would do the same for them. That would be really powerful. Knowing when to share your hurt feelings and when to keep them to yourself is, of course, an important aspect of managing emotional well-being. So it's essential to share and not bottle those emotions up. And it's equally important to consider the context and the potential and how this affects others as well. So find a friend or two, share this rethink framework, and make this the way you default to yes when on the occasion that you experience the unpleasantness of hurt feelings. I want to say one more thing about when we talk about emotions or feelings. To know that when we talk about good and bad feelings, these are generalized categories. They're not meant to pass judgment or assign value to specific emotions. So the terms positive and negative are simply referring to a subjective experience and the impact these emotions may have. All emotions play crucial roles in our life, and they provide valuable information. They're our teachers. They teach us about our experiences, and they guide our behavior. They're triggered by our thoughts that sometimes we cannot control. They just pop in there, and sometimes we don't even see it coming. Sometimes we don't know they're there. But when identified, they can be changed. And that allows us to fully experience and express that range of emotions, both positive and negative, as a normal and healthy part of just being human. Those emotions are to be noticed, felt, but not judged or condemned. All right, we've explored the importance of validating and accepting your feelings, practicing emotional regulation techniques, and cultivating healthy coping mechanisms. Now you have the Rethink Framework to help here too. We also discussed the factors to consider when deciding whether to share your hurt feelings or keep them to yourself. 
we're going to choose a couple people that we can make a rethink pact with to help us navigate some of these situations. By implementing these tips and considering the scientific insights that we've discussed, you'll be better equipped to navigate the complexities of managing hurt feelings. Remember, emotional healing takes time, self-compassion, and patience. Be kind to yourself as you go on this journey. I hope you found these insights helpful and actionable. If you did, I would be forever grateful if you'd subscribe and share this episode. And leaving a review would be amazing. I'd love that too. As always, I'm here for you. So if you want to unpack this more or you're sensing that you just need a little more support in this area or really in any area, I'd love to be your coach. Just pop on over to reimaginewellness.org forward slash yes and schedule a chat with me or leave me a comment there and we can start the dialogue. Until next time, know that you have the strength and support to overcome any emotional challenges that come your way. You are worthy of healing. You can embrace the transformative power of managing any hurt feelings with grace and resilience when you default to your extraordinary self.